You are listening to the Adults on Disney Podcast, Episode 3. Today, we're talking shit about Fantasia. Hey everybody, Shamrock here. Welcome to Adults on Disney Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for coming. If not, welcome back to this shit show. Adults on Disney is produced every other Tuesday for your enjoyment. An audiogram will be available via YouTube for my deaf and hard of hearing audience or anyone who wants captions. I hope you come back often. Now let's do this. This is episode three, Fantasia. This is your host, Shamrock. I have my amazing husband, Bryce, joining me today so we can talk some shit about this movie. Well, now you're recording. Oh, yes. You talk loud. I feel like I can carry a conversation with you, although you might be nervous. Well, you need to be more professional, asshole. Asshole? (laughs) (laughs) No, you can just... I'll just do this. You can just just be quiet. I'll just I'll handle this whole episode. Oh, is that right? You're yeah. just gonna take over. Deal. I'll handle this. I'll handle you. No, but for real, this is your show. <laughs> you gotta start if I can. <laughs> so can I? Can I call you Bryce? Can I call you sexy, handsome lover, husband? No. <laughs> Old man B. No. You do not call me by my gamer tag. <laughs> Why not? Because you use it on everything. I should be allowed to use it. I'm not on this. I'm not gonna use it on this. Okay, fine. Whatever. That's so rude. So you watch Fantasia. I appreciate you watching it. It was kinda hard for me to get through. Just because it has the eight sequences that are broken up, you know? Well, Which is, wasn't, well, I wasn't expecting that. I enjoyed the beginning and the end very much, but yes, it's it's kind of droll throughout. It's long. You see, with I was looking today with Fantasia 2000, that's an hour movie. Oh, it's only an hour? I didn't know And that. this one is, what's it say right there? Two, Two hours, hours and six, six minutes. minutes. So, with Fantasia 2000, they dumbed it down a bit, which we'll watch eventually. And I mean, all in all, it is good. Yeah, I've never seen it before, so that was my first time. I mean, I have seen The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which I feel like everybody's seen it, everybody's seen Mickey in that. But it was very different for me to see all the different musical segments and, you know, the way that they use the imagery with the colors and the different animations. It was very different, especially something I'd never seen. And, you know, you're talking about two hours and six minutes. This is literally the longest animation that Disney has ever made. Like, it is their longest animated feature film. Probably because the intermission, where they had, like, the jazz intermission, which was very random. But, like, you and I were talking about before, it was designed to be performed on stage. Like... It's meant for people to go to a theater and watch a live orchestra play this, and there's meant to be an intermission and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, but even with the intermission, it's only like 15 minutes. Like, it doesn't even cut off that much time. So you're still looking at this movie being what? I'm terrible at math. Uh, yes. Two hours, six minutes, minus 15. Is that... Go I ahead. don't know. <laughs> Um, an hour and 91 minutes. An hour and 51 minutes. Okay, there you go. That's what I meant. (laughs) That's what I said, didn't I? Which is an average length for a movie. I mean, most animations, yeah, will hit that 90 minute, 100 minute mark, at least nowadays, but. Yeah, I mean, but back in the 40s, they were only like an hour and a half. Because it was such a new thing. By the way, Fantasia is Walt Disney's third animated feature film that was released in 1940. 
the first time ever in history, I mean, even to today, where two animated films were released in the same year. Because Pinocchio also came out in 1940, so that's an interesting fun fact. Disney just going hard, just wanting all the money, <laughs> like the Nazis they are. Oh, uh, shut so, up. <laughs> like, which, speaking of Nazis, in the beginning, you know, and on Disney Plus, what I put down, the offensive warning. Oh, I thought that was so cool. Yeah. I've never seen that before. So you want to, we have it right here. No, uh, it's not on here. Yep, it's right there. Oh, Content advisory. Oh, I didn't even notice This that. program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and speak conversations to create more inclusive futures together. So, first of all, that's a whole bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Because <laughs> cause straight up, they still did not include everything. So, even though they say that, you know, rather than remove it, they wanted to acknowledge it and all of that, there's a few images that have actually been removed. I will post those to Facebook. There's the part with the centaurs. Centaurs. However the fuck you pronounce that. They have the female ones, they have the male ones. Apparently they call them centaurettes. Anyway, in this scene, and I will post an image, there's a part where there's supposed to be a little black girl centaur. She's got the typical black depiction, black face type of imagery where she's got the crazy hair, she's got the super dark skin, she's got like really big red lips. And she's there in servitude to the other beautiful, very well-drawn centaurettes. So there's an image where she's supposed to be polishing the hooves of one of the centaurettes. And what Disney ended up doing is instead of including that as part of their acknowledgement of these stereotypes, they literally zoomed in on that animation cell so you only see the beautiful centaurette but instead of seeing her and the black one that's like polishing her hooves so it's crazy and, and there's one part in there i'm wondering if you caught what because we haven't talked about this when i was watching it today there's a moment of like deja vu where they show an image they show one of the centaurettes doing her little feminine persuasions toward the centaurs as they're all trying to find the mates in the scene or as it is uh-huh this was be a kid's show? And there's, right. And there's, <laughs> like, six seconds they show, and then they show it immediately again. So that ah. means that they cut something out and just looped it. Let the music play as it would, but just loop that image. I don't know what was there, but I am so fucking curious. I would have to research to and see what that To figure out what was. is supposed to be there, because the music doesn't skip. It wasn't a Disney Plus fault like they do have. They, right, they right. have gotten much better in the time that it's been active now. The Disney stutter. Yeah, but <laughs> it was not a quote-unquote Disney stutter. It was... Like a legit loop. Obvious. A legitimately obvious loop. Okay. And it was shortly after what you were just talking about. Yeah. Huh. No, I'll have to look at that again because I, I definitely missed that extremely obvious loop, you know. My powers of observation well, apparently no are not as detail, keen. So. What are you talking about? That's why when we go hiking, I navigate. So otherwise, we die. Oh we would die. Gosh. We would die in the woods. Uh huh. And of it would course. be your fault. Right. Uh huh. Of course. Whatever. I still love you, and sometimes I hate you, but that's okay. Anyway, so yeah, there's things like that. I mean, going back to the whole centaurettes, I don't know if it's part of the scene, but the part, they're supposed to be bathing and washing in the water or whatever. It was supposed to be a whole lot more sensual than what it actually was depicted in the show. I mean, they're not wearing shirts or whatever. They're supposed to have like flowers draping over to cover their boobies and all of that. But you can still see like the shape and outline of the breast and... Well, there's actual nudity at the end. No, no, I know. In yeah. the in the night on the bald mountain, yeah, mm -hmm. that like in your face boobies, that was like a lot. Titties. Shut up. <laughs> Even Rowan, I'm watching it with Rowan. She's like, "Mommy, boobies." 
please. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I was recording that because I want to do it as a Patreon exclusive, you know, Disney with my daughter. And, you know, I'm talking like, oh my God, there's so much nudity in here. And Rowan's like, <laughs> you know, like being the seven-year-old creeper that she is. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Can we address but, for a second? Because I have made a note of it. The peering eyes of the host. The guy that, you know, talks from time to time that just looks straight through your soul. Oh, he that, is creepy. My God, I could have did without that guy. That was... I haven't watched this for years, and I forgot about him, probably because I blacked him out. Because <laughs> as a child, he just terrified me worse than fucking Freddy Krueger and oh, Michael Myers God. when I was that age. Uh-huh. No, it is interesting because he actually is supposed to have longer pieces in Fantasia. It's supposed to be more drawn out, more extended, providing more insight and information on each of the eight segments. You know, they ended up shortening it because already it's over two hours long. So they ended up not having that included. But yeah, he was, it was a little creepy to have him standing up there and talking and, you know, giving the insight or whatever. I would have been okay with how they traditionally do it with just a regular narrator. You know, you're looking at images and then there's a voice that's just, you know, overlapped or whatever. Do you want more wine? Yeah. I want more wine. And, I'm um, pretty sure I've had more wine. But. <laughs> yeah, so that was really interesting. It's definitely different than any type of Disney. Can, can you guys hear that? Shut up. <sighs> this, is, this is not about the drink. <laughs> get that. Get that grape. Which makes me think of that, the, the centaurs and the centaurettes where they make... They're making wine. Oh, yeah. All I could think about was how bad I wanted some fucking wine while I'm watching that. Because there's just like a flowing, gushing river, this yes, waterfall yes. of wine. And I was like, fuck, I want that super. Uh -huh. Well, and I was thinking, too, like, wow, they're totally making drunkenness such a positive thing right here. Oh, yeah, whoever that little guy was, the, his, I forget what it was. But... His name, he's a he's a god. He's like a Greek god. Yeah, Bacchus, fucking, I believe. He was trashed. And oh, he was yeah. Great. He was like hella drunk. And I'm just sitting here watching him, and I'm thinking, what? Anyway, yeah, he's the god of grape harvest and the patron deity of theater. Yeah, that guy. And, yeah, he was having a great time. And I was pissed, too, because the barrel, like, when it broke, um, I was thinking, oh, my God, like, that's enough wine that could probably last us, like, a year. <laughs> It's crazy in that scene. They're literally holding bushels of grapes. Oh, just yeah. Dumping them in dumping there, dancing them in, around, and yeah. it's just flowing into the grass. And oh, it's yeah. Like, it's so much wine. It was. It was crazy. And I was so frustrated that I could not have any. Well, it was still, it was just nice watching this again because I haven't watched it since before. Last time I watched it, I was a kid and I didn't know half the songs. I thought they were just Disney originals. I didn't realize that they had legit classical, classical masterpieces yeah. in this movie it's like you know it's when i was a kid it was something that was just bored me to something that i actually love the things that i've heard a bunch like i never i didn't remember that they did nutcracker they literally do a whole 25 30 minutes of nutcracker music oh yeah and i fucking love the nutcracker well and music. if you listen to the guy when he talked about it he even was stating he's like oh yeah he's like in you know, here are pieces from the Nutcracker, something that's not yeah, they, they... played very often. It's very rarely seen. And I'm thinking that is such a huge part of holiday culture, like right now. Every year, kids put it on in plays. There's professional ballets that end up putting it on. People will spend, well, people, and I say, you know, like that was us, who will spend like $100 to go and see a professional performance of the nutcracker and to hear them in 1940 talk about this thing that's just like oh yeah you guys don't really know about it but here it is like that actually blew my mind 80 years ago the nutcracker was like kind of a thing but not as huge as it is right now like we've had so many cartoons and so many movies you know variations and versions and first version i ever seen of it was um old cartoon when i was a kid the one with the, you know it's it's the traditional with with the girl shrinking down and the rat mm, and all mm -hmm. that stuff and i don't know if it's just called the nutcracker or what but i remember watching it as a kid and 
right. it creeping me out and loving it. And I even like the, the music then. I, I love the music in the Nutcracker. It's oh, so yeah. Good. Well, and I think that was one of Rowan's favorite scenes because of all the different fairies. Again, these... The female characters in all of the different sequences, other than the fucking hippos that are based off of, like, a 200-pound woman, all of the women are extremely petite, extremely, like, they've, they've got a lot in, in the upper part. They've got girls. The girls on the top. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's that just... That hippo scene, we'll get to that. There's some... <laughs> we'll get to that scene. The thing is, is it's extremely sexualized. All of the different female characters and images that are in here and it's interesting because i didn't do my research on it but i can only imagine that most of the animators that disney had in you know the golden age and and the earlier ages of film were all male mostly male like that's the only thing that i can think and for this film alone they had over a thousand artists and technicians animating over 500 characters like, that's insane for one film. I mean, yes, it's broken down into eight segments, and each segment's only so long. But still, that's an insane amount of characters, an insane amount of backgrounds and illustrations and, you know, movements and all of that stuff. You know, just thinking about how many people were involved. This was the first time, I mean, and granted, you know, Disney did a lot of, like, the short cartoons and then, you know, did Snow White, Pinocchio, and then Fantasia. But this was the first time that he literally gave the animators no direction. It was like no strings attached. Like, well, yeah. do whatever and, you want. Like, And you quickly realize, watching it, this is Disney showing off their animation skills. Right, right. Because it starts off with music that's not Disney music. Right. These are classical songs that everybody knows. They've been around for hundreds of years. Like right. Some of them. And Disney's just like, hey, check this shit out. Right. You Look at what we can do. Before. <laughs> What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> this is what we can do. <laughs> And it is. It's like in your face. Like this it's better is than that Nickelodeon you used to watch <laughs> on the corner, bitch. <laughs> Calm down. We don't want no fights with the podcasters of Nickelodeon, okay? <laughs> no, the Nickelodeons. The fucking, you know oh, what yeah, 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 from the they, old, They fucking old, reference old. it in Titanic. Right, 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 right. Where you, the you little fucking video, put the coin in. And yeah. You, and they're just on the side of the streets and they blew people's minds. That's right. I, ah, I completely forgot about that. Yes, so they they definitely blew those out of the water. Do we need more wine? I think I need more wine. Oh my god, I think you've had enough wine. This bottle's almost gone. <laughs> well, good thing we have a whole cabinet in the back <laughs> full of wine. <gasps> we are getting more tomorrow. I'm so excited. We got another twenty-four. Did we? Yeah, oh, we did. We got another twenty-four we're bottles because we're <laughs> awesome. Because we're adults and we can do that shit. <laughs> Shut up fucking alkies that's all people are gonna think but um yeah and it's funny we kind of touched on this and uh i'm still i'm trying to figure out my way to to be more linear with my brain dumping like it's just i feel like it's just not gonna happen i'm just gonna be all over the place and sporadic with my facts but um we were talking about how this is very different how it was supposed to be more like a concert experience instead of a movie you know, Disney ended up doing road shows with this. He did like 12 different venues, had the concert travel around the country. And it was crazy because he introduced the first Fanta sound, which is what we know now as surround sound. Because back then in the 40s, they had their speakers behind the movie screen. And when he ended up doing this fantasy sound he had speakers that would surround all you know all around the people and there was one venue it was the broadway theater in new york city it alone had 90 speakers like for that i can only imagine how amazing that would have sound like it would have been freaking magical to be there listening to this music and seeing the imagery and it's funny too because in 1940, Disney straight up was all about having a 4D experience. Like, he had 3D projectors, so he wanted to do 3D images of all the animation. But then he was like, for each of the different performances, he wanted to have a specific sense. So he wanted to have perfume in between the different scenes. 
So, like, for the Waltz of the Flowers, he wanted there to be jasmine. For the Ave Maria, he wanted incense. With the Sorcerer's Apprentice, he wanted gunpowder. The only reason that he did not go forward with this whole 4D experience is because he didn't know how to get rid of the smells before adding new ones. And he didn't want to, like, overload the senses. And you're, you just think, like, fucking Disney. Like, he was mad genius. Like, mad genius. In the 40s, you know, and I'm thinking about the first 4D experience I ever had, which was at Disneyland. Do you remember the, um, oh, fuck, what is it? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. They would do, like, a movie, and you'd watch it, and it was, like, a 3D movie, and then they'd have things, like, rats that would scurry along your feet, or yeah. they'd, like, do puffs of air. And I know what you're talking about. I did that It was, like, the 90s? Where... Early well, we, 90s. I can't remember which theme park it was but we went to one of those and it was spongebob squarepants <laughs> and you sat in there and it was like a a trip through bikini bottom <laughs> and it's stupid where you like, like ah! on a car and you could feel you could feel like fish swimming under your feet and stuff oh, and they, they would use like air to right 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 to yeah, simulate all that stuff s- stuff like that but and, you're this is like when we were younger yeah. I'm not going to say ages. It was just the 90s. <laughs> oh, it was a while ago. <laughs> and it's like, but he was thinking of these things in the 40s. Like, that's how far ahead Disney was with the way he wanted to entertain people. Yeah, good old Walt Disney. Hated Jewish people, but man, he knew <laughs> how to He knew how to animate and plan for the future. And right, right, right. Won't be Jewish around him. Let's, <laughs> let's address that real quick, too. Because oh God. the reality when you watch this movie is that Disney was for white families. Disney was created to entertain white families. I remember, vaguely remember watching this when I was a kid. And my, no one in my family, obviously being a white guy, <laughs> no one ever told me anything about, man, that's racist. I never heard that. Man, I can't believe they did that. That's really that's a really bigoted thing to do. Nope, that was none of those educated statements from my family. <laughs> that never happened. And you know. And was, then you marry a black woman, and then what? Well, <laughs> I love my mom, mom, and pop up. I do. They're gone now, but they were. You know, that was that generation. That's the era they were from. Just like Walt Disney. You watch Fantasia and all the people in the orchestra is well kept. They look like middle class upper middle class white folks you know but you know you know they're all dead now so it's <laughs> you know we move on and we evolve as his as people so you know and the but racism's nice that... still here but it was so prominent back then that it was just normal and yeah. and when they say that these right. stereotypes were wrong then and they're wrong now that's not true they weren't wrong then because that's just how things were. They were they were just that's how people were back then. They didn't see anything wrong with it and it's just I don't know. It's just crazy to, to look at timelines like that. And it wasn't right. that fucking long ago. The progression of the yeah, film. It was industry. not that long ago. No, it wasn't. Eighty years, I mean a lot can happen and change in eighty years. Man, do the math. I, I don't know. I can't do the math right now. That's You've had too much alcohol. Yeah, the wine. <laughs> Shit. That's easy math, too, and I can't think Aww, of it. Oh, you're like me now. We need to get another math person in here. <laughs> people from that generation, which were the people that, you know, when this shit came out, they were that demographic. They were the ones going to these films, that was going them, to the theater. You know, and that's, that's fucking crazy. No, it is. It's crazy. I mean, especially because... This movie, as beautifully done as it is, you know, despite the stereotypical things that are shown and some of the inappropriate depictions. You didn't want more of this, did you? Oh my god. (laughs) Despite all of that, you know, this movie went... Jesus, you left me (laughs) fucking nothing! My god! Sorry. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway... So, this movie, I mean, it came out like you were talking about, you know, during the war. So, the movie never went overseas. It never had, you know, this huge theatrical release because it did the road shows and went to the different venues. And because of that, it didn't get that release. It actually didn't do very well at all. This movie completely flopped. Like, it just, it bombed hardcore. 
like the budget was 125,000 in the 1940s, which would have been like 2.3 million in 2020. The actual cost for the movie ended up being 2.3 million in 1940, which converts to like 42.2 million in 2020. Opening weekend, it only grossed $981,000. So that's like $18 million right now. Like it lost so much money. I mean, especially because Disney had this Fanta sound where it was the surround sound speakers and everything. For any theater to actually be able to play in Fanta sound, it was an $85,000 renovation, like to the theater. In 1940. Yeah, it's crazy. Which Re- was like a million something dollars. <laughs> if people remade this right now, you could remake this better with an iPhone. And like uh. <laughs> two people with the technology we have now with animators. Right, right, right. Like it could cost you like $5 to make this, to remake this shit. Oh and it would probably God. look a little better. I, and that's <laughs> technology. You know what I'm saying? It's oh crazy. my gosh. Yes, the changes and advancements in technology. Disney finally recuperated the costs for Fantasia because it was re-released in 1963. No joke, Disney advertised it as a psychedelic experience. So all of the... Oh, there's a couple of scenes where... <laughs> the scene with the fucking... The line... Oh, and, yeah, and yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. And like, oh, let's do this instrument. And it makes all these trippy looking The lines waves, and like vibrations and all and that, yeah. Like, what the fuck were they trying to do with this? It was, co- I thought it was really cool. Rowan really enjoyed that I mean, that this was one. the age of cocaine, too. People were doing cocaine on a regular basis. It was literally <laughs> just recreational. People, I have a friend back east where his mother was telling us a story about how she used to live in Hawaii. And she worked at a fucking, like a, I think it was like a clothing factory or something to that respect. yeah. And every morning, they would set up a line for people to do. Like, a line of cocaine. And I, I think she said they would have another one again at lunchtime. What? Because it would bring up productivity. Oh, shit. And, and keep, <laughs> keep morale higher. Because people and people would be itching to get in there on the next day. Be like, fuck, I got another line coming in in the morning. So oh they, would be, they would be eager to get there. Any op- entrepreneurs out there? Right. No, I'm just kidding. That is a he true story. <laughs> That I was told, and that and that wasn't that long ago. So oh you think even gosh. further back, what was it like? My gosh. But yeah, they totally advertised this, you know, like for the psychedelic aspect of it. So at that point, it was able to make back a lot of its money because it became extremely popular based on that type of marketing. So they knew the crowd to market to, and it worked. Yeah. It got people's attention, and they started watching it, and people started falling in love with it. I mean, the night on Bald Mountain is probably the only thing anybody's ever had any complaints about. Because that's the one that's literally described as the demon Chernabog and his minions of darkness wreaking havoc on Bald Mountain consuming it in hellfire, ghost fly, demons dance, and topless harpies, fucking boobies you see, and they toss damaged souls into a shadowy inferno. Even Disney said, like, it was Satan himself. I loved it. <laughs> you fucking creeper. I loved it. <clears throat> I could literally watch the end of this movie over and over because it was done so fucking well the dark yeah the it darkness. was so ominous and it was it's crazy. And the I, skeletons and everything coming out like of the I, earth and, and out and of the water that scene made me think of castlevania mm. the animated one that netflix has right, right now right, right. it made me think of that and it was crazy watching it and then at the end because what was the second the other song ave maria yes they put that in and then instantly i was transported to lord of the rings with the elves Walking to the Undying Lands. Oh. In the, uh, I think, is it the that first is. film or something? It's yeah, just yeah, like it. It is, with the lights and, yeah. And that. That's and, funny that you say that. And it's it crazy. It does. It does look just like that. Because I'm watching that, and then it just goes to show, it, it truly does, with every all the negativity we've said about this, which is, it's there. It goes to show how much this film has influenced creators. Right. Even today. The fact so that many. 
I'm watching this and I, and I see it. I see it in shit that I've watched recently. We're like, holy shit, it's just right. like that. They, they had to have gotten it from this. Well, and it's funny you say that because watching The Night on Bald Mountain, straight up that Cher- Chernabog, that demon, the only thing I could think of was the Nightmare King from mm. Little Nemo. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing I could think. I'm I watching I didn't even think about him. that, but you were so right. Yeah, I was watching. I was like, man, that's the fucking Nightmare King. Like, they must have, you know, like you were saying, so many of Disney's animations have influenced other animators. And I was like, that's that's him. That has to be him. By the way, there's a thing where he has nipples and then he doesn't have nipples and it goes back to him having nipples. I didn't, like, I didn't focus on the nipples. <laughs> so that is news to me. I didn't I didn't notice a nipple I googled thing. it first. I wasn't looking. Sure. And right. why is it there's always female nudity in everything? It's terrible. Because women are more attractive than men. Like, even most women will say that a woman's beauty is, is higher on the chain than a man's. But honey, you're so pretty. I, I know. <laughs> but it's it's just reality. I mean, the uh, the woman's body is just yeah, yeah, way yeah. more beautiful than the man's. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just reality. But, yeah, Night on Bald Mountain, that literally terrified kids. Because it's supposed to be Disney. It's supposed to be family. Even today, even now, 2020, Disney still receives complaints about how terrifying that scene is. Like, because literally, it's like... I fucking love Demons it. and all of that crazy stuff. It. Rowan really enjoyed it, but she likes all that crazy creepy That's stuff. my daughter. <laughs> That's my girl. That's my baby girl. No, all that creepy shit. I love it. It yeah. was so good. I... And like I said, I hadn't watched it in so many years. I forgot most everything. The that only thing, there. the only thing that I could remember is the most iconic scene, which is Mickey Mouse, right? The sorcerer with the sorcerer. Yeah, this, and which, of like, course I, everybody I, knows that because that's referenced in fucking everything. Right. It's Mickey. Well, and that's the oldest story that they've used. That story, the sorcerer's apprentice, is from like 1787. So yeah, I was reading up on that too. Right, yeah. like not just is it iconic for Disney, but it's literally hundreds of years old. The story that's been passed on and passed on. That Sorcerer's Apprentice scene, everybody knows it. If they've never seen Fantasia, they've never seen Fantasia. They for sure know the Sorcerer's Apprentice. And we were talking about Ave Maria, but how to remind you of the elves and you know Lord of the Rings into the Undying Lands. That was actually the most difficult scene. For Disney to do. They ran into so many issues. So to make it. They actually did all the animation. On panes of painted glass. And they lined them all up. It was over 200 feet long. And then what they did. Is they would do a camera. To pan along. You know all of the different images. To record it. The first time they did it. They used the wrong lens. So you could see all the workers. And technicians. Like in the background. Moving around. Like on the outside. Of like the painted images. And then the next time that they went to re-record it, there was an earthquake. So glasses got damaged. and <laughs> they had to re- Yeah. It's fucking California. <laughs> it's fucking California. So then they had to redo all of that. And literally the next day is when they had to have all of the film sent to the lab to be edited and to be, you know, refined and have the, you know, all of it done and then sent in. And they had like four hours left. To actually get it in to be part of the final product of Fantasia. Like they were on such a crazy deadline with that. So it almost got cut. Which I feel like would have had a drastic effect on the way that Fantasia ended. Because the night on Bald Mountain. Which has all the demon and all of that stuff. Ave Maria is like the balance to that. Because it's like. It reminded me of night, the Hunchback too. Oh yeah, because it's very, it has like a very religious connotation. It's actually the only one that has vocals, like in all of the eight segments that are I had noticed that too. So it's the only part that had actual spoken word. Which, you know, it would have been odd had it not been the perfect pairing and the perfect balance between those two And had it not segments. been the very last song. Right, right. It if it was in the middle somewhere, it would have been weird. As soon as that song ends, the movie's over. Right, right. It is. It's crazy. Like, the way that Disney pieced everything together, because they're eight completely different segments. They don't really blend. You know, they're not very similar at all in what they're doing. You know, there's one about 
evolution and then there's that one about demons and there's the one about the freaking dancing hippos yeah, we and gotta, time. We gotta touch on those two because we haven't we haven't even fucking talked about those. I How know. much time do we have? This is gonna be a two hour podcast. Oh shut up! It's just not. so everybody knows, because we still got a lot of shit to address. Uh-huh. It's so interesting. If you actually look really closely, and I researched this, is in order for the different segments to blend. They have like complementary colors. So the segment before and after a certain section will have colors that will complement. So that it kind of blends and fades from one into the next. So there's kind of a connection between them, but they all are extremely different, which is still really great. Really crazy. The one, it's the Primeval Earth. It's the only live action sequence that's there besides like the pieces with the orchestra and the shadows and all of that. They actually use porridge, mud, and some other stuff to make the animation to like simulate the whole dust bowl thing and all of that. Which is funny because this came out before there was the thought that the dinosaurs had died because of a meteor. The thought at the time was that dinosaurs all died because there was like a crazy drought and it turned into a dust bowl, which kind of touches on the actual dust bowl that was taking place like right after the stock market crash. So like the late thirties, you know, I thought that was interesting when they were talking about it because he brings it up before they get into that segment. First and foremost, I thought it was actually very awesome of Disney to go this route when it was, I mean, even nowadays, it's we're, we live in a very, very Christian, very religion-based nation. Right. And especially in that time, it was very Christian. Right. Very Christian. And the fact that they're talking about how we, we believe that the planet is billions of years old and, and mm-hmm. how there was the dinosaurs and how this, that, and the other, that surprised Blasphemy. me. It surprised <laughs> me because... It was a, it was a breath of fresh air for that generation to see something like that where they're like, well, this is, and of course they're not the only ones that thought that, obviously, but to see Disney, right, 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 of any organization go Forward down that thinkers route, thinkers in the world, <laughs> yeah, you know, but don't be Jewish, um, uh, but you know, and <laughs> but then you, you you're watching that and they're talking about it, and, and as I'm listening to them talk about. The dinosaurs and the extin- extinction. I was thinking that. I was like, why didn't they reference the meteors? I was right, like, oh, right, shit. Right. Yeah, because they didn't, they didn't even it. think that that was a possibility yet, which is insane. It is. It's extremely insane. I want to say, I'm pretty sure I made a note of it. It wasn't until, I think, the 80s that that was even like a thought, like, maybe it was a meteor. But um, it's funny that you talk about that because this segment, Disney was so gung-ho about being true to form with the dinosaurs, with the environment and everything. He actually hired like evolutionary like biologists. He hired paleontologists to consult on that specific segment. Mind you, this segment was, what, 10, 15 minutes or something? Like how each of them are kind of short little clips? Some of them were. They, they wanted the extreme detail with the dinosaur one. And that's because he legit, like, included professionals in order to make this a legitimate piece on evolution. And it's funny because for several years, that segment was actually used in schools to teach kids about evolution. Which, again, blows your mind at the time period. And, you know, like you said, with the way that people were thinking. Well, it makes sense because that seems so familiar to me. Like I said, I'd seen it before. (laughs) Well, I've seen the movie before. The Rite of Spring. But it's been so long and, yeah, and all that different type of stuff. Right, right. But it is. That was really awesome. It's so realistic looking. So realistic looking. Yeah, so getting on to the other ones, you've like been itching to talk about the what the hippo? <laughs> okay. The one with the hippo. The hippos. And, <laughs> let me just let me just say, I found the ostriches very unsettling. Unsettling. I don't know what it was. It was the fucking 
ballet slippers on their weird ass feet. It was. <laughs> I didn't like it. Okay, I didn't like it. it. Creeped you out. And oh it, god. And I found it. And all I could think while I'm watching it too is like the alligators or crocodiles or whatever are chasing hippos around. All I could think too is like that ain't how that works. <laughs> the chubby chasers. Well, hip, well, hippos are mean bitches, man. Right, right, like, right. Like you don't fuck. In the animal They're kingdom, the nobody fucks animal. with hippopotamus. That's yeah, <laughs> hippopotami. I've I've seen a fucking video with hippos going at gators. Like you don't. They're well, I was mean bitches. <laughs> well, yeah, there's this fucking TikTok. And I was eaten by a rhino. <laughs> yeah, there's this. I forget the guy's name, but he's a TikToker and he talks about shit in the animal kingdom, and it's like. Every 15th video he does, it's about the fucking hippos because they're just so fucking savage. <laughs> they're so savage. And then... And, it, and it's funny and because... It made me think of that. They're omnivorous, right? I'm pretty sure they're omnivorous. Yeah, they're just fucking assholes. But they are. They're, they're extremely aggressive. They're, they're the most aggressive land mammal. Think of Think of a cat. But <laughs> leathery with, with flat pounds. teeth and they can crush fucking... Your Cars. skull in a, without any effort. <laughs> right, right, right. Territorial. Right. Like, they're they're just assholes. Right. I don't get it. And that's all I could think about while watching that scene. Besides the ostriches. They just... Right. And they it's... made me uncomfortable. I don't know why, but I didn't... <laughs> that's so weird. I didn't like so that scene. So, I had the complete opposite. I actually really enjoyed the ostriches God, because... God. Shut up! <laughs> because it legit reminded me of actual ballerinas because... The long legs, the strength and the power in those legs, the way that the ostriches had their feathers definitely resembled like a tutu. So to me, the way that they animated those, they were extremely realistic in comparison to like an actual ballerina. So I thought that was pretty awesome how the animators did it. And it's funny because some of the animators actually turned down animating the scene with all of the ballet because not a lot of them had background in ballet. Not everybody went to the ballet. That so was a what, very upper class thing. Oh life. yeah. No, for sure. Especially in the forties, you know, going to the theater was one thing, but going to like ballet, which was mostly Expensive. people from, you know, France or from Russia, or, you know, those, you know, European countries that would come over to perform this, you know, very high class type of entertainment. People that have monocles. Oh, shut up. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> the Monopoly guys here. Yeah. Those fools. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so Disney was like, okay, I want you to animate this. So he legit gave animators like backstage passes, like VIP passes to go to the ballet for like a whole season in order to meticulously watch and you know, record how the ballet dancers were moving so that they could put it into the animation and make it as realistic as possible. Again, Disney is the shit because he's not about half-assing anything. He's all about putting forth the effort, the time, the money. I mean, in the words of John Hammond, spared no expense, whatever it is that it costs. Like, he wanted it to be the best. He wanted it to be amazing. And that's what he did. In everything that he's ever put out, anything Disney's ever put out, he always gives 110%. And it always amazes you. It always surprises you. The hippos, they, as much as I don't agree with this because it, I feel like it's body shaming. They brought in a woman that was 200 something pounds and the animators were told to meticulously like animate every jiggle like, watch every that bitch jiggle. muscle movement you write that shit down and they he wanted it meticulous so that when the hippo was doing the ballet dancing that it would look realistic with the movements of a larger person again i can applaud and be impressed with disney and his attention to detail but then I also feel terrible for that poor woman that was on display. Well, I, can I hope she got paid well. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not a skinny man. You know this. But I can understand. How, you like it. I but do. I can understand how a heavier set woman could be offended by this because at the end of that scene, the fucking building collapses basically <laughs> because they're jumping right, up and down, right, right, shaking right. pillars and shit. And she gets stuck between fucking 
pillars. Right, right. Between pillars <laughs> and knocks it over and then everything collapses and it's like, look how fat this bitch is. <laughs> like, that's literally what that scene is. And that's one big woman. <laughs> yeah, it's straight up. It's like, look at this bitch move. Look at her jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. All the Shut house up. fell. All the house fell. All the dead. Oh my god, oh my god. Yes. And it's and the alligators oh. are trying to lift them up and you can see them like, like oh yeah, I got this. And then right. they just collapse uh-huh. because they're so heavy. Like It's... It's pretty bad. Like, it's... See, I find a lot of that shit just funny. <laughs> and I'm a fat guy. And I find that shit funny. And it's just... I don't know. Oh, honey, you're not fat. Oh, I'm... I am hefty. You're, you're so pretty. I am the heaviest I have ever been, and it's because I got married. That's oh, I'm... Thank, it's my fault. It's what happened. I got married, <laughs> and I got comfortable, and you're like, you're so pretty. Sexy. And I was like, oh, cool. Burritos, burritos, tacos. Wine. Wine, wine, wine. Potatoes. <laughs> and that's just what happened. Well, huh. Lovely. Lovely, yep. lovely. Yeah, Unbelievable. That's where we at. Uh-huh. <laughs> As I eat a tag along. As you eat a tag along. You know, we really didn't touch a lot on The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Like, we keep making minor mentions of it, but we've definitely talked more a lot about what the other segments. What is there segments. to be said that hasn't been said a thousand times? I don't know. I mean, like I said, I've seen pieces of it, but I literally watched it from the beginning to end. Oh, one thing that can be said about it. Two things. Strike that. First off, the uh, main wizard guy, like the actual sorcerer, was modeled after Disney. So, like, his facial features and all of that are structured after Disney. The character's yeah, name Yeah, he looked is... like an anti-Semite. <laughs> Shut up! He, his name is actually Yen Sid, which is Disney backwards. Oh, God. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember hearing that when I was younger. That just clicked the memory in my brain. Oh, you just... I totally <laughs> forgot about that. I definitely heard that before. And then though. the other thing that's really crazy, a movie that is definitely underappreciated, is um, Atlantis, The Lost Empire. He looks almost exact. I know, I fucking love that movie. You should dress up as Milo and I'll be Keto. Um, I need to lose about fifty-seven thousand pounds. Oh, shut the fuck up! <laughs> anyway, so if you look at Yen Sid, he looks exactly like the king, the father, like the king of Atlantis. He's got the same type of beard, the same balding kind of spot with the long hair. Um, the only difference is one is blind and one isn't. You know, they both kind of have magic capabilities and all of that. But it was. It's interesting to see, like, the comparison. And you know what? I'm going to actually Google that and see if I can find a side-by-side so people can see, like, the similarities between them. One thing I did want to point out was when Rowan and I were watching it, she was, like, flipping out because, again, you know, my observation is Disney never likes to show people dying or dead. Like, you always end up, and I don't count Pinocchio because he was, like, not a real person. But (laughs) but in most instances, if somebody dies, you see it like in a shadow or like it's implied, you know, like in Snow White, the witch falls off or the evil queen falls off the cliff and then a giant boulder falls after her. Maybe she survived. Maybe she didn't. But it's implied that she died. You look at Pinocchio. Pinocchio doesn't really count because it looks like he drowned. But there's some conflicting evidence that I feel like doesn't support that. Um, <laughs> but then you look at the Sorcerer's Apprentice and he's trying to stop the broom from taking more water. So he grabs a fucking battle axe. <laughs> Maybe it's a battle axe. It's, what kind it, of axe it's more of a war axe. Fine, a war axe. a battle axe. Oh, he fucks that broom he, up. Yes, he it chops gets, it to it pieces. And Rowan's like, oh my god, mommy, he killed him. And I'm the, thinking. <laughs> the music in that scene is accurate. It is like you watch that, and even me watching it as a thirty-two-year-old man, I'm like, we're not throwing ages fuck. out there. I'm like, fuck. It is. It's rough, and I was just like, I was in shock because I was like, oh my god, like I don't remember that part. Like Mickey literally murders this broom, and, and it comes then, back with a vengeance. Right, right, right. And then it comes back, and there's now there's a hundred of us, bitch. What's right, up? Right, right, right. We're going to flood this motherfucker and you're going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was in a lot of trouble. And it just really surprised me that Disney like, had Mickey be so violent. 
Nikki was actually given a more modern look. Well, yeah, with this was... the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Like before this, if you look at Disney in just the short animated, well, he looked more like been... a fucking rodent than a cartoon. Right, character. right. And so when they did this one, they like modernized him. They gave him pupils and all this other stuff. They made him more of a modern type cartoon. I don't want to say futuristic. That makes that's you think. Did really you know accurate. Pete was a was a cat? I didn't know that originally. I always thought he was a dog. Yeah. But he's but he a, was fucking a fucking cat. And it makes so much <laughs> sense. But when you look at him, it does make more sense, especially when you look at his ears, because he doesn't have very dog-like ears. He's a fat, bitch-ass cat. <laughs> and then you look at his son, and you look at PJ, yeah. and you're like, wait, he's a cat too, and he's best friends with Max, who's a dog. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, wait, how does this well, work he out? he got Jasmine and Naya. They right, right, right. Our other. dog and that, cat, they do. That they one, that new one, cat. That one, her name is Cat. Sway. Her name is Cat. Sway. She's she, she's a bitch. Yeah. She doesn't. She uh, she's okay. We've had her for like four days. She's getting there. She's getting along. She's she, acclimating. Her, slowly. her and Nyer were just playing their good, but she fucking hates the dog. She right, hates right, the right. fucking and the dog's like, she's a dog, so I'm like no, and she's like all right, cool, but I'm gonna fucking eat her if she keeps talking talking shit. Uh huh. <laughs> Oh, and we were talking about the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah, they oh, were yeah, actually... Disney. Shut the <laughs> Thank you for coming back to Earth. Um, Dopey was actually supposed to be the Sorcerer's Apprentice instead of Mickey. And Disney Mickey. was like, nah, like, I want Mickey in that piece. I could see. Well, I mean, that's crazy you say that because now I can see Dopey in that. But, like, in right, the very being beginning, silly and ridiculous. When Disney's and... bringing the broom to life, his. his sleeves are flailing around right, just right, like right. dopey and they're over his hands so i can actually see dopey in that that's crazy i didn't know that and i wouldn't have actually made that connection if you didn't say that but now that i think about it when i was watching it with rowan i remember making a comment because there's a bit of a continuity area with the whole sleeves coming over his hands and all of that stuff but yeah that's definitely a dopey you talk about with the shadow yeah with the shadow mm-hmm. you picked i knew you were gonna pick that up well, yeah, because Allison and I were talking and then it cuts over to her shadow, and then all and you see his fingers. and you see his fingers, and you're like, and I'm sitting there like that motherfucker had sleeves over his hands, <laughs> right? A half a second ago, and I knew you would catch that. I knew it, and I caught it only because I was looking for things like that because of the podcast. I've been paying more attention, you know. I am the king of continuity. Yes, you are. You and Jake can go head to head. I would love to put the two of you in front of a movie. And, like, see everything that you guys would catch. It would I, probably drive us crazy. I can't wait until we finally get to Notre Dame. I, oh, yeah. Because I can, I've never really scrutinized that movie, but I'm going to just oh, to try yeah. to find those things because I fucking love that movie. Uh-huh. We're going to get there soon enough. We will. I mean, hopefully, as long as people continue to love the show. <laughs> Fuck them. If they don't love it, we're going to keep doing it because uh-huh. I'm having a great time. Oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) So Fantasia actually did receive two honorary Academy Awards. So they received the Outstanding Contribution to the Advancement of the Use of Sound in Motion Pictures Award, which, you know, a lot of young kids at the end of watching this, I feel like with the combination of the animation will show appreciation for classical music you know yeah it's exactly the same as you and i are sitting here drinking red wine dry as fuck red wine and i (laughs) I love it when i was younger i would never i've tried wine i hated it still of legal age (laughs) but younger (laughs) yeah and um i i don't know that's just as that's human nature right as we grow we we grow in taste and right the things we like and the things we see all yeah. that kind of fun stuff and music and when i was younger i was so one-sided and, and as i grow, heavy metal well i can listen to literally everything everything but country, but country music <laughs> and living here in wyoming it can be i get so much shit for it from time to time i like country my co-worker that's been opening recently she picks fucking country music i hate it <laughs> I hate it. Ten so hour much. shifts with country. Right. But anyway, let's let's continue with things that are relevant. <laughs> so they also got an honorary award for a new form of visualized music. 
because at the time that wasn't really something that had come out where instead of it being that you make a movie and then you pick the music to go with it in this instance disney had the music and the animators they were asked to listen to the music and animate it accordingly. Right, they were tasked to make the animations fit the music. God, I couldn't think of the fucking word. (laughs) That's right, we're getting there. I need to stop drinking wine and go back to my tea. Because I I mean, I've ranted a little bit, but but I can get passionate with this shit. I can see that. I can see that. I'm pleasantly surprised. But yeah, I mean, Fantasia, it was beautiful. The illustrations, the animations, they definitely did a fantastic job being able to pretty much visualize the music that you were listening to, whether it was the Nutcracker or the Night on Bald Mountain or the Sorcerer's Apprentice. They just did amazing. And it's timeless. It's a timeless film. I mean, it is long and it's, you know, it was kind of difficult to have our seven-year-old sit and watch and stay focused on the movie but she still really enjoyed all of the imagery that was associated with that and that's what i really enjoyed about it especially because it was my first time seeing the actual movie as surprised as you know most people are about that you know and it was funny because what disney wanted to do with fantasia is he wanted to be able to change it every year So every year he wanted to be able to add another musical segment, you know, and then add on to it and add on to it. And it just, there was no way he could, he could tackle that kind of project. Like the costs and, you know, what it would take to do it. Just thinking about that, how long would Fantasia be? Like, what was, well, and that's a silly thing to think (laughs) that you could do. Well, but I think it would almost be like a cycle. Like if you think about an artist, okay. Let's just take someone who's been out for a really long time. So you're saying years. you take some of the old stuff, you don't perform it. Not you all perform, of it. You perform some the new stuff. It. You perform the hits, and you perform the new stuff. Right, and that's, that's what, what he would do. Okay. That's that, what, that would make more sense, because it's like, welcome to Fantasia. Our segment will be eight hours and 15 minutes today. I hope you brought your own toilet, because you can't leave. No, I did. She was like, what the fuck is happening? Why are we upset? Demon possession in the house. Come here. But yeah, so it was kind of like that. Like somebody who would be touring for a long time. You end up mixing in some of the old stuff with some of the new stuff, and that's what he thought. Which is kind of where Fantasia 2000 came from. Segments that got cut, segments that they thought about adding to it. I look forward to watching that, actually, because I saw a clip recently. Have you never seen it? I have. But oh, but it's been one so time. long. I saw it once when it came out. Right. I saw it when it came out, too. I saw it in IMAX. That was 20 fucking years ago. No. <laughs> but I saw That's it in crazy. IMAX, and it was a crazy experience. It was really enjoyable. But, yeah, I definitely look forward to seeing that one. I was pleasantly surprised, you know, with this segment that we ended up watching. You know, and as much as... I talk shit about Disney. I love Disney, and I'm very thankful. Yeah, yeah, Disney is some great stuff, but (laughs) a lot of my childhood is Disney. Right. Most people's childhoods are Disney-based, and I'm just fortunate to be able to be in a situation where I could be here, and we could talk shit about it, and talk about the things that we love, you know, and be able to enjoy what it is that was put out there that will continue for generations. I mean, Pinocchio and Snow White came out 80 years ago, but it's something that I can talk to and watch can with I, our seven-year-old child. Can I tell you a joke a trucker told me two days ago? Oh, God. I'm scared. It was a Pinocchio joke. Oh, God. <laughs> a driver came into my port. He said, you want to hear a clean joke? I said, sir, when you say it like that, I feel like you're lying to me. I don't think it's going to be a clean joke. But you go right ahead, sir. He says, how did Pinocchio know he was made of wood? I said, well, I knew you were lying to me. Go right ahead. How how did Pinocchio know he was made of wood? He said, because his hand caught on fire. (laughs) That is not a clean joke. I said, thank you, sir. Please leave my port. 
My coworker laughed so fucking hard. I was like, don't you humor him. Get out of here, sir. Get back on the road and do your job. Leave. Leave. Oh, that's terrible. God damn it. Where were you when I recorded Pinocchio? Like I said, this was two days ago. This guy. I'm just I'm just trying to clear this man through the, through the state of Wyoming, and he's like, Pinocchio jerked off and his hand counter on fire. Like, God damn it! That's not what he said. God damn it, sir. Oh goodness, yeah, I can't get that right image out of my mind. I don't want to think about it. I am grateful to be able to be here and be able to talk with the people that I love about what I love, and that's Disney. We still recording? Maybe. Okay, cool. Why? Maybe we're done. Are we done? Do you have more shit to talk about? Do you have more? Do you have wrap up? I did. My wrap up. You already did your wrap up? Unless you have more shit to say. Thank you for listening to Adults on Disney. This is Bryce McDonald and Shimmy McDonald. We appreciate you listening to us. I gotta let my dog out before she sits herself, so I appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can email me at adultsondisney at gmail.com. Follow Adults on Disney Podcast on Facebook, Adults on Dis Podcast, D-I-S, on Instagram. And if you enjoy the podcast and want to support more episodes, exclusive content, and a Patreon-only Facebook group, join my Patreon at Adults on Disney. Catch me next time talking shit about the reluctant dragon as we continue with the golden age of Disney. Disney.